Get the lead out, old man. The insulting remark came from the lips of Captain Tess Rigetti, an instructor at the Rockland Fire Academy in upstate New York. Jack Harrison, a.k.a. John Mason on this little venture, had gotten the censure from her because he'd stopped to adjust his face mask. He hadn't worn the damn thing in years and now had trouble making it fit. Attempting to conceal his annoyance, he said to the very crabby woman, Yes, ma'am. Hell, she'd had a bug up her ass since he'd gotten here. She arched a brow. Her short brown hair was thick and all uneven, its color matching her dark eyes. And try not to croak on me. I'll give it my best shot. Turning, he hurried into the simulated burning building for the first maneuver. The structure was filled with mist, which mimicked smoke. Every time Jack went into a fire, even a pretend one, he was struck once again by the pitch blackness. Firefighters operated blind most of the time, and he knew fear of the darkness was one of the hardest to overcome. He followed five recruits carrying hose up three flights of stairs, feeling the strain of the sixty pounds of gear he wore. He'd stayed in shape in the academy gym back home, thank God, but he was forty-five. The drill involved splitting into teams of two and rescuing a tied-down dummy in a fake fire. The recruits were to extricate one of the bodies. All right, the recruit in charge, Rob Hanley, said to the others. His breathing was fast from climbing the steps. Pair up, go low, and feel your way for victims. We don't know how many or where they are. Jack guessed there would be more than one. Three, probably, since six recruits were participating in the first rotation. Following his partner, Jack entered a room and headed right. Hanley took the left. As he felt around for the dummy, he heard in his ear, This is taking a freaking long time, guys and gals. Has anybody got something? Right as she spoke, Jack's hand came upon heavy padding. The dummy. Me and Mason just found one. Well, hallelujah because all the recruits could hear. He heard her say, You let Grandpa beat you out, weaklings? Groans from several mics. Hell, he was still trying to figure out why the woman harped on his age. It had never happened to him in all his years of voluntary training. Hand me the wire cutters, Hanley said. Jack did. The recruit needed the experience of freeing the victim, which wasn't as easy as it seemed when he couldn't see anything, so Jack backed off and let the kid do the work. Ten minutes later, he allowed Hanley to walk backward on the staircase, the hardest position, as they carried the heavy dummy out. Rigetti met them at the door and got in Hanley's face. Why isn't Grandpa doing the hard part? You coddling him? Jack's temper spiked. She should be praising the young man's performance of a difficult task. Blank-faced, Hanley answered. I wanted the hard part, ma'am. The kid was definitely an overachiever. Jack knew that particular malady. It had afflicted him all his life, and his drive to be the best reached its peak in his role as a staff psychologist for 300 firefighters in Hidden Cove. Tess stayed on Mason's ass because something was off about him. For one thing, he'd entered the class halfway through for the practical part, skipping the book learning. Fire Chief Lincoln had given a paltry explanation, how Mason had transferred from one academy to another for personal reasons. She'd never heard of that happening before. He was also middle-aged, which wasn't that much older than her, but was double the age of the other recruits, so the moniker fit. But he wasn't getting any special treatment from her because of his age. Nobody under her watch would. Maybe if Joey... Pushing thoughts of her brother aside, she glanced at the clock, then back to the recruits. 
Take twenty laps around the gym and you're done for the day. Not one single person grumbled, not even Mason. Actually, he seemed in pretty good shape. About six feet, linebacker shoulders, and now after discarding the turnout gear, wearing shorts and t-shirt, she could see the corded muscles in his legs and arms. He passed her as he ran, still not winded, and saluted. She hid a grin, though sass from recruits was unacceptable. When the day ended, Tess headed for the shower in her office. Before she reached the door, Mason caught up to her. Captain Rigetti, a word? She stopped. His voice held authority, and something else she couldn't name. She pivoted. He was taller than her, but she stiffened her spine and stepped back so she didn't have to look up at him.